It's time to hand out grades to Julio, Teo, and the rest of the Mariners outfield here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Thursday, October 19th, 2023. This is Titan and Colby Pannot for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper picks and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-D-O-N. You'll get up to $100 matched on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms are used for details currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Thank you so much for making us your first listen, subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode. And on yesterday's episode of CTZ, we discuss a reality where the Mariners actually signed Shohei Otani and talked about what else the Mariners would have to do in order to build a ball club capable of winning a World Series, winning a division, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, after signing Shohei Otani. It's a lot more complicated than you would think. So if that sounds interesting to you, head on over to the Patreon, sign up. You can get that episode for free if you sign up for the free trial. All right. On the show today, we're handing out 2023 grades to Julio Rodriguez, Tay Oscar Hernandez, Dom Canzone, and Cade Marlowe. Now, we did Jared Kelnick yesterday. So if you want to hear our thoughts on his season, check that episode out. And be sure to stick around during this episode to find out how you can win some dope autographed Mariners cards, Colby's collection. Uh, but first, Colby, let's start at the top with our grades. Let's talk about Julio. Obviously, a great season when you look at just the overall numbers. 275, 333, 485, 126 WRC+, 5.9 F4, 32 home runs, 103 RBI, 37 stolen bases, 24.5% K rate, 6.6% walk rate. He's breaking records. He's doing things that very few people have done in the 100-plus year history of Major League Baseball. But... There's a lot of context to sift through here when we're talking about Julio's second season in the big. So how did you feel about his year? <sighs> I've given him like uh F, F minus. No, um, I'm not going to get that much hate, but I will get some hate for this. Uh, I think it's a, a B, B plus somewhere in that range. Um, yeah, Julio took some steps forward uh, this year. Probably not quite as many as we would like, but, you know, the strikeout rate did go down some. Uh, his defense in center field did get significantly better. Uh, you know, the the home run and, and the and the stolen base numbers did, you know, go up. Uh, he was he was good. Like, there's no way around it. Julio was good um, with the exception of the last two weeks of the year. And in those last two weeks, we saw Julio get chance after chance. To, to get his big hit, to kind of put the team on his back. And he never really did. Uh, not in September. That was more JP's uh, shtick. Uh, now, we did see Julio put the team on his back a little bit in August, uh, which is was an incredible month, one of the best months in Mariners history. Uh, certainly, One of the best months in baseball history, quite frankly, right, I mean, yeah. He went 17 hits in four games or whatever, broke the record. Yeah, um, yeah August was insane, but 
one month doesn't completely outdo what was a you know meh first half he was pretty he was okay in april and may he was really bad in june and july he was pretty good august he was incredible and then september the last two weeks he just he went back to those those bad julio at bats where he was chasing everything and he was swinging out of his shoes and he's trying to hit the nine run homer and and all that stuff and it, it just it was a disaster julio was probably you know your worst hitter uh in those last you know 10 to 12 games uh he didn't really contribute much at all uh in that last stretch and and that does weigh uh you know uh he is only 22 so like obviously it's not like he'll never be that guy who steps up and and you know carries the team and in those big you know playoff type situations uh definitely can still happen for him and and i'm trying not to be too harsh on the guy because again he is just 22 years old but you're the star man you're the franchise player like you get graded more harshly than other guys do. You get graded more harshly right. than JP does because you're the guy. You're the one that they're building this entire franchise around, rightfully so. And so when you don't come through in those big moments, as often as Julio didn't, that that you, that you have to wear that. You have that has to weigh down on what your overall value to the club was. So Julio, great year, you know, set some records. Uh, had an August that we'll never forget and, and certainly show that there's even more uh, still left in the tank. Uh, he's probably going to finish top five in, in the MVP voting. Like it's really hard to look at this and go like, Oh, well, you know, he, he disappointed because I don't think he did. But the, the reality of the situation is, is that in the last two weeks or so of the year, he fell flat on his face when the team needed him the most. And that is a negative mark on his, on his report card. It has to be. So uh, I'll go, you know, B, B plus, and, and um, I'm, I'm pretty confident that at some point in the future, he will be that guy uh, who, you know, mm-hmm. when the game is, is tight and, and when the team needs somebody to carry them in the playoffs or in the playoff like situations that he'll be the guy that yeah. went up. But for now, yeah, he, he, he fell flat. He did at the end of the year. And, and that greatly impacts his grade, in my opinion. Yeah. It's hard not to have, those last 10 games and especially that last game against the Astros really stick in the back of your mind here when when thinking about Julio's uh, season as a whole um, you know the month of August again just an incredible month one of the best months you'll ever see in, in baseball 429 474 724 that's a 232 WRC plus like seriously that's ridiculous seven home runs 30 RBI 11 steals 13 multi-hit games he only went hitless in three games are you serious? Just a ridiculous month. But when you take that month out of his overall numbers, the overall numbers don't look that great. Like March through July, he had a 107 WRC plus. In September, he had a 103 WRC plus. His 2023 as a whole, his slash line over uh, over the course of the full season minus August, 246, 311, 439. So 105 WRC plus. Players with similar slash lines this year. Josh Bell, Brent Rooker, Vinny Pasquatino, Carlos Santana. Every player with a 105 WRC plus this year. Alec Baum, Eloy Jimenez, Edward Oliveras, Charlie Blackman, Josh Bell, Teoscar Hernandez. Those guys are good players. They help. But that's not really the company that you want the face of your franchise to be in. Right? So, again, Like the overall numbers look great for Julio, but that month of August is doing a lot of the heavy lifting here. 
because without that month of August, Julio was essentially like five to seven percent better than league average. Mm-hmm. And that frankly isn't good enough. Like good player, that is a good player, especially when you factor in his impact on the base pass, his defense. Mm-hmm. Like he's still going to get a B plus for me because he might very well exit the season with another silver slugger and a gold glove. Like he was yeah. very good in a lot of different areas for this ball club. But when you talk about his struggles in the clutch, and I know that overall his bases loaded numbers are pretty good. And, you know, the the high leverage numbers are, are pretty good. But when you think about specific moments, the biggest moments of the season when Julio had a chance to either win the game, tie the game, bring the Mariners back in the game. There's only a few times where he actually came through. You know, you think about the Grand Slam in Kansas City. Uh, you think about the home run in Minnesota. Um, there's a couple of other moments, right? But that Houston series, and specifically that last game against Houston after Hector Neris went after, that was arguably the worst game of, of Julio's career. Honestly, I don't think it's even arguable. Like, I think that was definitively Julio's worst game of his career. And that was just kind of a a culmination of everything that, I've had issue with, with with Julio this year. Like, I have been very outspoken about Julio's struggles this year. And I don't necessarily blame it all on Julio. I think it's just the circumstance of the situation is like, yeah, he's very young, and that's totally fine. And I get that he's going to have bumps in the road because of that. But he is, because of the roster build, the star of this team. He has to be the engine and he just wasn't at times for long periods of time. And you just really didn't know, except for the month of August, which Julio you were going to get on a night-to-night basis. And so I can't give him an A because of that. I can't. And again, when you look at the overall numbers minus August, I just, that's not good enough for your star player. That's not good enough for your best, for the best, for the guy that's supposed to be the best player on your roster. All right, so. Teoscar Hernandez is the next Mariners outfielder we'll be grading in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by Sleeper. We're getting close to crowning a new MLB champion, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Pick more or less on stats for your favorite players like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for up to a 100 times payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right and you could win big. If things didn't go well in your home league this year, no worries. You can still salvage the fantasy baseball season over at Sleeper. There you can pick the players you want and call your shot. And when you use promo code Locked On, that's L-O-C-K-D-O-N, you'll get up to $100 matched on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. So before we get into our grades for Teoscar Hernandez and the rest of the Mariners outfield in 2023, quick reminder, talked about this the last couple of shows, but a quick reminder once again that we are running another giveaway. Colby's giving away some of his cards. Colby, quick reminder of which cards you're giving away. Yeah, so... uh up this time, uh, we have this Matt Brash, which is up first, autograph card. Hmm. Uh, we have a Brian Wu autograph card. If you're watching on YouTube, they're on the screen right now. We have this Bryce Miller autograph card. And then I guess kind of the grand prizes, we have this Harry Ford autograph card. So Brash, Wu, Miller, Ford, it's a pretty good lineup. Uh, and all those cards can't be yours, and Ty will tell you how. 
Yes, all you have to do is subscribe to the Lockdown Mariners YouTube channel. If you're already subscribed, great. All you have to do after that point is leave a comment in the uh, comment section of one of our videos posted in between last or this Tuesday and October 30th. And then you'll be entered to win. We will be picking one winner per card. And in order for us to give away these cards, we have to hit certain subscriber goals. So at 9,750 subscribers were given away the Matt Brash card. 10,000 subscribers were given away the Bryce Miller card. At 10,250 subscribers were given away the Brian Wu card. And at 10,500 subscribers were given away the Harry Ford card. Terms and conditions in the description of this episode. So, Colby, I pounded the table for Teoscar Hernandez last offseason. I was very, very, very excited when they actually wound up trading for him. And then mm-hmm. it, it did not go according to plan. Look, he was still an above league average hitter by WRC. He was a 105 WRC. He slashed 258, 305, 435 with 26 home runs, 93 RBI. That's great. But then 31.1 percent k rate he had 211 strikeouts this year which is the third most in major league baseball now obviously some of that is helped by the fact that he played a lot more games than most people in major league baseball so naturally you know those cumulative stats are are going to be a lot higher than than some but still 211 strikeouts third most in mlb right behind eugenio suarez's teammate that's a a big reason, not the only reason, but a big reason for some of the Mariners' offensive struggles this year. 5.6% walk rate, which is a hell of a lot better than he started with. I, he was hovering around 1.4% for a good chunk of the season <laughs> to start the year. I, I, I remember that very vividly. Uh, so, yeah, very disappointing season for Teoscar Hernandez. What are you giving him grade wise? C. Um, it was that like, might be generous. Except- it was acceptable but like it met the bare minimum of expectations so i guess c minus like it's very mediocre it doesn't stand out uh you know unlike julio he didn't have like the god month but he did have a couple stretches where he was you know a really good hitter um you know he still finished 105 wrc plus like so it's hard for me to go lower than a than a C minus just from that alone. But the defense was started out looking like a, a nice bonus. But uh, of course, we we remember the big play, the big air, uh, the yeah. the missed grounder or whatever uh, that yeah. turned into a triple and kind of turned the tide of that entire game uh, against Houston. So yeah, uh, Teoscar C minus. I wasn't impressed. I'm not. I'm not. You know, necessarily sad that he's leaving. Uh, probably leaving. Uh, I'm not, you know, pounding the table for the Mariners to re-sign him. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that's a C minus. The, the strikeouts were ridiculous. The defense got worse as the year went on, and he was just kind of mediocre with the bat uh, for large chunks of the season. So yeah, uh, based on you know what you needed him to be and what he actually gave you, C minus. I'm gonna go D plus. Because I was, I was hurt. I was high stake his reputation. I was which was non-existent by uh, Teoscar Hernandez. And now again, he was slightly above league average by WRC plus standards. He did have the twenty-six home runs. He did drive in ninety-three runs. That's great. That's awesome. But the high strikeout rates, the the 
amount of games that I watched where he looked completely lost at the plate. I, I lost count of how many times he just looked almost disinterested. Yeah, just looked completely, utterly lost at the plate. Uh, it was incredibly frustrating. He was a very frustrating watch most nights. And then, you know, the defense was great for like the first two months of the season. It was like, wow, he's actually taking a step forward defensively. And that's kind of made up for some of the offensive struggles. But then he started to fall back down to earth and, and the defense became very quickly below average, well below average in, uh, in right field. And so he wasn't even making up for the lack of offense in that regard. And so for the most part, he was mediocre player. He wasn't the protection for Julio and JP that he was supposed to be, right? And not even for JP, right? Like JP was kind of a bonus this year, what he was able to do. So it was really like you brought in Teo to be that second guy, to be the the two and the one-two punch with, with Julio. He was supposed to be the Robin to Julio's Batman, and he wasn't. By month, his WRC plus, 84 in March and April, 82 in May, 160 in June, 46 in July, 191 in August, and then 76 in September and October. We never got like just a, you know, an average tail this year. Like we just got one extreme or the other. He was either really, really bad for a month long period, or he was one of the best hitters in baseball for a month long period. And now in August, like everyone on the Mariners was hitting. So it's like, how much stock am I even really putting into that? This Teo season was so disappointing, man. I it's and, and when Jerry, like, you know, in his end of the year press conference goes up there and says, you know, we want to cut down on the strikeouts and all that. I think he's specifically talking about Teo Oscar Hernandez in that situation. Like Teo's not coming back. And that's sad. Cause like I like Teo, the person. I think he's a great fit for the clubhouse. Like he's great vibes guy right but if he's producing like it's this and, he, and then he's going to ask for you know 15 to 20 million dollars a year i'm sorry man i'm gonna have to pass because it's not that hard for me to find that kind of production out of a corner outfielder with probably less strikeouts a league average bad in the corner outfield you can do that with a right platoon partner with jared kelnick like yeah uh it's yeah uh teoscar was was bad like there's just he was bad 1.8 f4 he needs. was he wasn't even a, like technically an everyday player like by two is usually the the mm-hmm. the cutoff there for sure for Fringe, everyday players fringy everyday guy and that's how he looked a lot of the time so yeah yeah uh disaster of a season relative to expectations and the second one second year in a row where teoscar has slid from you know the year yeah. before so yeah this this could just be, you know, Safeco or T-Mobile field curse or whatever, you know, the losers who don't want to examine things carefully, whatever they want to call the marine it. Marine layer. Oh, uh, yeah, there you go. Just the marine layer. That's that's all it is. Just the marine layer. Um, <laughs> maybe it's just the marine layer, but uh, it the also marine could layer, be a, a very good podcast, but it's it's a thing, but not to like the extent that like a lot of people think it is because you know who never had a problem with the marine layer nelson cruz so yeah don't tell me the marine layer affects every righty when nelson cruz is hitting line drive pimp jobs like nope right. sorry try again right. Oscar's just not good he's regressing like i think we just call that he got he's 31 now i it looks like he's regressing strikeouts are going up walks are going down wrc plus has gone down each of the last two years you just do better Oscar yeah. gets a c minus 
D plus for me. Again, I was scorned by uh by Teo. Yeah. Origin story stuff. <laughs> we'll always have the walk off against the Blue Jays, though. We'll always have that. I'll always <laughs> hold that near and dear to my heart. All right, let's talk about Dom Canzone and Cade Marlowe, a couple of young guys that came up and uh, helped a little bit. We'll talk about them in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains are fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment you need. Jace Medical is your solution for that. Just fill out our online form and one of our board-certified physicians will review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate. Then they will send your prescriptions to one of our partner pharmacies where your Jace order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. Everyone should feel empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. So we're going to continue our outfield grades here for the 2023 Mariners. And we're going to start here with Dominic Canzone, who of course was one of the uh, three pieces heading back from Arizona in the Paul Seawald deal. Uh, Canzone immediately slotted into the Mariners' 26-man roster in uh, hopes of adding some offensive production uh, when they really, really needed it. And uh, Canzone had a a mixed bag in uh, his two-ish months, we'll say, in Seattle. Uh, He ends up finishing with a 79 WRC+, plus, just slash 215, 248, 407, 17% K rate, 4.3% walk rate. Uh, He had 11 doubles, five home runs. He's had a pretty good month of August uh, and start of September, but then as we got into about the second week of September onward, he was pretty much useless at the plate. And then the Mariners started playing him less and less and yeah, it, it also became abundantly clear that he was essentially a, a platoon bat. He had really no hope against most lefties. Uh, so, yeah, how, how do you feel about Canzone's cup of coffee, essentially, with the Mariners? See, like, it was pretty mediocre. And, and the idea that, like, oh, the Mariners did upgrade their lineup at the deadline because they got Tom Canzone. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. He wasn't the upgrade to your lineup like you were hoping he was. He was bad. Um, You know, had some moments, sure. Uh, I still like the the player overall long term, and I still think that he can definitely help you as soon as next year. But for what he was this year, he mediocre at best, you know, and not a great defender. He made some some great plays. But if you actually know anything about playing a little bit of outfield, those were great plays out of necessity because he made a bad play and then he had to out of recovery. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you know, Canzone is a guy that Mariner fans love and, and like a lot of them are ready to just give him the full-time left field job for some reason and all that. I don't see it. Uh, personally, I don't think he should enter 2024 with a good shot to make the major league roster. I'm sure he will, but I think that's a mistake. Uh, I think he should be in triple a uh, for a good chunk of the year. Uh, but, uh, you know, he was okay. Like I said, I think C is the highest you can reasonably go. I, I just, 
26 year old rookie or whatever and comes up and he's 22 percent below league average at the plate and that's kind of like his only tool is his hit tool like eh, c yeah yeah i'll give him a c i'll give the idea behind him a d because like this wasn't it we said that at the time of the deadline like and it pretty much played out that way. I mean, again, he he was fairly productive during the month of August and, and into the early stages of September. But once things got very real for the Mariners, and look, a lot of guys struggled. It wasn't just Canzone. So I'm not putting a, a ton on him here, but he was really bad for the last like three weeks of the season. He didn't help you at all. And, uh, you know, when you add guys at the deadline, they're supposed to help you down the stretch. They're supposed to help you get into the postseason, go to the World Series, hopefully. All right, Cade Marlowe. He uh, he got the call up in um, what er- early August, I believe, and obviously made his presence felt almost immediately with the grand slam against the Angels. How did you uh, feel about Marlowe's season, Colby? Marlowe was pretty mediocre he definitely helped keep you afloat early in the jared kelnick uh, injury uh time but it, it when the league made their adjustment to him he had no shot uh which is why he never saw the big leagues uh you know for the rest of the year uh but you know did come up with some big hits made some nice plays defensively uh i'll go c plus um because yeah there were there was a time where he was you know one of your your better players and you know, he showed some stuff and, and he had some big at bats, but uh, yeah, they just, you know, I don't feel great about him going into next year, but I, I think he's a good triple a stash. So C plus I would give him a B plus. I mean, like I know he got exposed there over the last couple of weeks. So, you know, of him being on the roster, but like he gave you something when you weren't expecting really anything out of him. So, I mean, he helped you win a couple of games this year, undoubtedly like that. That to me, like it, it bumps up his grade quite a bit. Um, but yeah, in terms of like, do I think there's a future for him in Seattle? I don't really know. I don't have high hopes for that. But overall, I mean, when at a time when you needed help, he gave you that. And, you know, eventually that ran its course. But overall, I thought it was a pretty good year for Kate Marlowe. I, I would consider that a success overall for Marlowe. So yeah, B plus for me. I won't give him an A, but I'll give him a B plus. All right, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dan Gonzalez, it's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you next time. Peace.